This is former TNA World Champion Raven, and you're listening to TNA Cross the Line Podcast. Quote the Raven, nevermore. And don't cross the line. Or do cross the line. I'm not really sure if you're supposed to, you're not supposed to. I don't know. Eh, whatever. You get it. TNA Wrestling. Cross the Line. And we're back with episode 179 of the TNA Cross the Line podcast. I am Bob Collin Jr. With me, as always, is Dallas Gridley. And Dallas, we are at the go-home show right before No Surrender. How excited are you for yet another pay-per-view? Well, you got Raven main eventing in a dog collar match. So, 35 eight or whatever the fuck the price of pay-per-view was i'm sold wouldn't it be um 29.95 i don't know i don't remember how much pay-per-views were in 2005 they're not charging 35 bucks are they i don't know maybe not i don't know i'm just used to pay-per-views nowadays being like 50 bucks and it's just like who the hell is paying 50 bucks now not many people (laughs) Well, well, okay, I guess for AEW. UFC ones are expensive, aren't they? Yeah, those are like 70. I was going to say, aren't those even more? Yeah, I think those are expensive. I don't think there's anything that could get me to pay $70 for a pay-per-view. I think when the biggest wrestling company, WWE, is essentially charging $10 for monthly pay-per-views, WrestleMania included, if you're NWA or GCW or whoever, if you are charging more, and I'll include AEW on this, if you're charging more than $10, mm-hmm. that's just an interesting approach. Now, here's the thing. I know a whole bunch. Of, I know, like, what, 175,000 people will buy AEW pay-per-views at 50 bucks a pop. So, you know, that's... I would say in today's market, that's pretty good. Yep. But I don't know, man. I don't think I I don't think I could do that. I'd probably just be like, listen, if WWE is charging this much, and they're obviously making money in a whole lot of different avenues, so you could probably afford to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. That probably does make up a lot of that. Yeah. No, it's interesting, especially once again WrestleMania. If you don't even watch any other WWE show throughout the year, you're probably still going to watch WrestleMania. Yeah, but now here's another thing. I've heard things where they might change it and um, kind of go back to the, hey, this is a $40 thing, especially with the sale to uh, Endeavor, which is right. Um well, then I now, definitely won't. I don't watch a lot of them now. Um, and Well, that's what I'm saying. You've, you've started this $10 thing for the last 10 years. You can't get people to do that. I don't think any. I don't know who would go back to paying 50, 60 bucks for extreme rules. I I watch so little of on Peacock and stuff that, like, I'm probably about to cancel my Peacock subscription because, like, I just don't watch anything on it. Right. Wrestling or otherwise. Right. 
and because I'm broke and I need to save some money. And unfortunately, Peacock is on the chopping block. I will never get rid of Peacock because it has wrestling on it. So if they lose wrestling, then I'll get rid of it. I can just get it back, though. Well, yeah. Or my our uh, our buddy Screech texted me and was like, "Do you watch Money in the Bank?" I said, "No, I did not." He loves his current day wrestling. I'm you know, listen. I'm glad he's watching it, and he's he's into it. But unfortunately, um, the cinema that that the internet says between the uh, the Usos and Roman Reigns, I just don't give a fuck about. Yeah. And I guess the, cinema. Uh, I, Michael Cole thinks that they should win an Emmy. People on Twitter say that, and it's the stupidest bullshit I've ever heard in my life. How, I don't think that's how that works. Yeah. Anyways, talking about some good shit, good wrestling. TNA Impact 2005. It's July. It's summer. It's hotter than fucking this recording room I'm in. It's the real cinema. It's the real cinema, baby. Because we're going to see a dog collar match soon. And we ain't going to win an Emmy because we're on the internet and most people aren't even watching it. Uh, However, uh, before we even... I'll just tell you this now because I just think it's so exciting. I need to get it out of here. Before we do our rundown of last week and get into some other notes, it's being said that... And I'm assuming it's talking about our last episode. The way this is... The observers get written, it makes these a little tough to figure out. I'm assuming... It's the last episode. It could potentially be this one that we're about to watch because of the timetable. Because uh, this comes out July 18th. But the company claims that over 100,000 people downloaded the most recent Impact show off the internet in the first 48 hours after it was posted. So people are, in fact, going to the internet and watching it. Yeah, I mean, I guess people have a lot of patience for downloading files on dial-up internet. Which we discussed is not easy. So, pretty fun. If it was, like, today, you'd get it in two minutes. Oh, yeah, it'd be, like, nothing. Yeah, I'll download that shit. You don't even have to download it. You could watch it on the internet. Right, right, right. Couldn't do that very easily, then. No. Um, on last week's episode of Impact, we got a couple new matches for No Surrender, which we'll probably talk about those many more during the show, so we don't really have to necessarily go over that too much. But we saw a bunch of uh, pretty, pretty decent matches, I, I would say. Uh, we saw a, a very much enjoyable uh, opening contest between Chris Sabin and David Young, where Sabin won five minutes and 30 seconds. Then we saw Mikey Batts and Zach Gowan go to a no contest in a minute, 48 seconds, because Jeff Jarrett decided that he didn't give a shit who won the X Division match at Slammiversary. And guess what? It was neither one of them anyways. And then he smashed the guitar on Zach Gowan's head. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then we saw Samoa Joe defeat both Elix Skipper and Sharkboy in four minutes and 11 seconds. thought that was a good match, too. Petey Williams defeated Amazing Red in four minutes and 50 seconds. Can't go wrong with an Amazing Red match. Then we saw Abyss defeat Cassidy Riley in 48 seconds. You would have thought that Cassidy Riley was fighting for his life in that match, but it did not work out because he got the shock treatment of Black Hole Slam very quickly. So now of the so of what you've mentioned right now, okay, we've probably for the last three years have shit on David Young at almost every opportunity. And I'd argue he had the best match on the show. I would say since he's like came back. And he's been like shredded. 
He's like a he's a different worker now. He's motivated. He's like doing. He's just he's looking a lot better than what he was when he was like with Gilberti. And I think also a lot of what we hated was what he was involved in as well, like yeah, the losing think, all time and yeah, it didn't help anything. Like Barbie or BB or whatever it was or oh god, oh dude. Really early on, whatever. Was, uh, Bobcat, was Bobcat, it? yeah. Something. Oh my, I forgot about Bobcat. Yeah, and then fucking Cassie Riley. Yeah, it was a forty-eight second thing, but I liked the fire that he had. Where he was like, "I got to do what I can here, doing handspring back elbows, just running around like a madman, trying trying to beat up Abyss." And it's like, "Well, you can't right. do it because mm-hmm. it's Abyss." Yeah, and he's so, a fucking monster. Cassie Riley is a is a guy that people need to go on YouTube, type in his name, and watch some of his non TNA local Tennessee stuff. And I think people would be surprised, like, wow, if this guy was given a bigger opportunity, he might have been able to shine a bit better. Yeah, I like Cassie Riley. I do too. I'm a fan. Uh, and there's one more match, by the way. Right. Uh, it was a six-man match where Lance Hoy in the Naturals, with Jimmy Hart ringside, defeated Team Canada's A1 Bobby Roode and Eric Young in 8 minutes and 47 seconds. So that was last week's episode of Impact. Pretty uh, good stuff overall. We saw Raven go after Abyss, and then Raven got choked with the chain like a noose. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an interview with Monty Brown. He's waiting for 3 Live Crew to accept his challenge. Uh, Sean Waltman and AJ will be fighting at No Surrender. Uh, Jerry Lynn's a special referee. Dude, all sorts of stuff happening. AMW challenged Alex Shelley and Michael Shane for No Surrender. They got granted that match as well. We are all over the place, um, but in the best way possible. Um, but speaking of all of that, we have plenty of notes to get into on today's show. Well, let's see how fast I can get through this first chunk of them, because if so, then I want to talk about some more. But if not, we'll talk about a bunch during the show. So, we've heard these rumors, Bob, about Matt Hardy, right? We're going to talk about Matt Hardy in a minute. But there's a list of other people who could potentially come into TNA. Oh, boy. And Dave Meltzer literally broke them all out in their own little thing about who he could see come into TNA. And I think it's super interesting. How many? Do you know how many names there are? Let's see. One, two... Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine that he says about TNA, and there's more that he doesn't even mention TNA in their little part, so I didn't bring them up. Okay. And the biggest, arguably, actually, they are definitely the biggest names in this entire list, um, is because coming soon, the Dudley Boys contracts are coming up. Hmm. And this could potentially be huge. Um, basically, they're getting they were told that creative has no ideas for them. And after uh, one night stand, and they've occasionally done some OVW stuff, they've really weren't used a whole lot um, around this time. So the, Dave mentions there is little question TNA would be interested in them as a Dudley's versus AMW program is a natural. Uh, particularly since AMW has been wanting to turn heel and the Dudleys would be a natural face. So we could potentially get a Dudley Boys America's Most Wanted program 
which is kind of crazy to think about. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's a really big one. Mm. Now, he says, as for the future of some of these other people, it's kind of up in the air of what will happen to a lot of them. And some of these are going to be like, totally could see that. And other ones I think are definitely maybe not. And some you might see eventually. You never know. Oh, my Slammiversary DVD just fell off my desk. Way to go, pal. Why is my Slammiversary DVD up here a month later? I don't know. Um, first up, Matt Morgan. Uh, it is noted that TNA is curious about him, but nobody on the booking team ever saw OVW tapes, so nobody uh, knows him uh, from that, from WWE and his uh, newsletter reputation. So he's not... Uh, they're interested, but, you know, I don't know. We'll see what happens with that. Um, another one, uh, Charlie Haas. Hmm. It's, it's noted that TNA, some in TNA have interest in him, but it's not a lock either way. And by the way, Dave does shoot other ideas for these guys, but we're talking mostly TNA. So there's a lot of Japan talk, um, like him, Haas, and Matt Morgan going to zero one, one for example. Um, and a lot of people get um, Ring of Honor notes as well but sure yeah i really like especially especially here in 2005 i really like charlie haas yeah haas is good i think if he were to go to tna he would i love that idea i think he would be a great fit with tna now i don't think he'd be a main event guy no but i think he'd be a good fit there. yeah um, where was I? All right. Uh, also, kind of going off of the Dudleys because he puts them down here again as well. But he's he basically says that he's it's almost surely that TNA is going to take them, and for what it's worth, they'll likely become the first team in history to hold WWF, WCW, ECW, and NWA tag team titles. I mean, it's insane. Like it's a crazy thought. Yeah, I mean. I the Dudleys were probably spinning their wheels in WWE back in like 2003. They had done everything. I think that's fair. And it was just it was a played out act. Right. Now, I'm sure going to somewhere like TNA where there's several tag teams that they've never wrestled, you know, you're going to get that initial like, oh, hey, this is fresh. But then it's going to just be like, you know what? It's the fucking Dudley. That's the Dudley's. Yeah. You know. You're right. No, you're right. I can't disagree. Uh, here's one. And then this one is interesting. Uh, Mark Jindrak. It's noted that Zero One has made him an offer. And also that TNA and ROH have zero interest. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's not going to go to Ring of Honor. No. And uh, it's, it, I mean, so for example, the, he also says no indie marketability design destined to be forgotten about as quickly as Luther Reigns. So he like totally shits on Mark Jindrak here. Um, a name that's there's two names here. I skipped one already that aren't noted about TNA at all that must be kind of floating around here. Uh, one is Marty Jannetty, which is hilarious. Uh, and he, literally, he literally notes he'll be doing the same thing as he's been doing the past 10 years, which isn't much. And <laughs> he must have just came in for like a quick angle or something, and he's gone again. I don't know. Well, Janetti, Janetti, uh, didn't he appear on WWE television for the Sean? Yes. Thing? Yes. Yeah. 
So that must be finally done. Um, and the second name that doesn't make any mention about TNA at all is Maven. Um, because he's more yeah. interested in trying Hollywood right around this time. Yeah. But now that surprises me about Maven <clears throat> because he, in just a few months, would appear on those UWF shows that oh. was co headlined with like TNA's banner. That's interesting. And I'm really surprised that he never crossed over. But you know what? He was focusing on Hollywood. Like he did the surreal life and stuff like that. Mm. So. Yeah, that doesn't really surprise me, but I am yeah. shocked that there wasn't any usage for him. Yeah. Um, Shannon Moore. Uh, this one is pretty interesting. So he says there's major interest from TNA. Uh, he believes it's a done deal if he wants it because he's close with Jeff Jarrett. Uh, he has the ability to do well in the X division. So mm. seems like there's a very good chance that we could see uh, Shannon Moore. Um, next up, uh, Akio, who is Jimmy Yang. Now, of course, he's been here. He's been in TNA before. He was part of Flying Elvises. Uh, and to add to that, there is much bitterness over how he left TNA. So the door is much more closed than you'd imagine. So there's probably no chance of that happening. What was uh, the way that he left? I, you know, I don't remember it being like a huge blowout, but maybe he just wasn't getting used to how he wanted and they just kind of pushed him out. I don't know. Why do I feel like he did like a Sunday Night Heat match or something? Oh, I could have been. He did like the DDT well and they hired him off of that or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. I can't remember. remember That being a thing. Um, Gangrel, there's nothing. I don't know why he's even listed. They just said he'll be in the same spot he was before signing. So Gangrel, I don't even know. What what the fuck was Gangrel doing here in 2005 in WWE? That's a really good question. Was Was he just an agent maybe or something? No, he no, I think that he was working. He's been working this whole time. I think that. Oh, what, what, oh you know what? I think now. Because that would have been 2006, the whole Kevin Thorne thing. So that's next. He's on here as well. Oh. Because but not for TNA related. So he's the other guy who's I don't remember him like they feuded in WWE. No, I'm saying like I remember I thought WWE had signed Gangrel to potentially like team with Kevin Thorne. Oh. So this and is that vampire gimmick thing. This is pre Kevin Thorne. That's Thorn, before though. that, yeah. Right. Okay, that makes a lot more sense. I was trying to Google it quick because I wonder what I can't figure think. I'm going to his cage match. Because like I'm I just cannot picture this dude doing anything in two thousand five in WWE. Oh, it's OVW. Hmm. He does have WWE matches in 04 and... He wrestled... Oh my god, I do remember this. In 2004, in September, uh, he lost to Undertaker in a handicap match teaming with a vis- vis- Viscera. So Undertaker defeat Gangrel and Viscera. When was that? September 2004. On SmackDown. Oh lord, wow. 2006, he's got a WWE match? Oh, it was a house show. He lost to CM Punk. Mm. 2007? No, that's a 15th anniversary Battle Royal. That doesn't really count. Anyways, yeah. So it's OVW stuff, it looks like. It's only a couple. Wow. Anyways, interesting. Uh, two more names I got here for you. Um, Billy Kidman. Now, this one's kind of interesting, I think, because so he lives in Central Florida, near enough to Orlando that he'd be able to at least get a tryout with TNA. 
but he doesn't have connections or anyone pulling for him, so he'll have to show the old WCW Kidman or the interest of a Wayne. So, I don't know. I think I think that'd be. I like Billy Kidman, so I'd, I'd be interested in uh, Billy Kidman getting a shot. TNA. Wow. Um. Yeah, I like Billy Kidman too, but not when he was feuding with Hulk Hogan. Dude, that was like five years earlier. <laughs> Come on. I know, but it was wicked bad. Like to see a Billy Kidman like scoop slam Hulk Hogan, it just didn't really. Well, yeah. Pass the check with me there. The vibe check. Um, I have one more on this list, and then there's one final one that is kind of interesting um, and a separate thing here. But uh, Spike Dudley, now because mm-hmm. he was an ECW star and is such an unselfish worker, he'll get a good shot in Ring of Honor. Now, TNA could go either way, so doesn't know for sure. So, <laughs> In Ring of Honor? That's what they say. What the? F- no. Oh, my God. These people. This is Dave Meltzer speaking, okay? I know, but it's like he doesn't know. Like the Ring of Honor expectation. Right. No, that's fair. Spike Dudley would not be a regular a good, Ring good of shot, Honor man. guy. Like maybe like a couple of shots or something. Right. Yeah. Not like, oh, hey, check out Roderick Strong against Spike Dudley this week in freaking Chicago. Like, no, that's just not going to happen. Right. Right. Um, And the last one that's kind of noted here, that's, like I said, a little bit separate from the other thing. And I think this one's interesting. And I also don't know if he's fully released or anything yet. However, Jim Cornette is down in OVW at this time. And like I said, it's it doesn't the way it reads is that he's not released, but it's kind of talking about his future in general. So he's a partner um, in OVW, Uh but. His apparently refuses to fly. He has a, a great fear of that. I didn't know this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this would, of course, limit his options of what he could do. Now, it is not out of the question that he would get an offer from TNA, but it would be highly unlikely that he would take it since he still refuses to fly and would likely have little interest in being in the middle of another company beset by political issues. Now, TNA would only mean driving once a month from Louisville to Orlando, but word has it that he's sick of the creative end of the business at this point. So, we will see what happens if Jim Cornette will show up here in TNA. My whole... Th- so, what I've learned about Jim Cornette is that if he says that he's not going to work with someone or work for a promotion, he tends to do exactly both of those. <laughs> So if he were to sit here and say, I'm never going to TNA, I would expect him here in about three or four months. To come to TNA. Yeah. That's fair. Uh, Okay, let's talk about Matt Hardy. We're going to talk about Matt Hardy, and then I got a couple other things, um, and we'll see where we're at. And, Bob, if you want some more, I got some more for you, dude, because we'll have plenty to talk about during today's show as well. So there's a lot of notes this week. Um, So likely, because people are expecting him to go to WWE, Matt Hardy has posted a lengthy internet message on his website that certainly led one to believe that he was not coming back. He did a hell of a job because he convinced a lot of people who pretty well knew that he was going to WWE that he had a change of heart and that he'd go to TNA. Now, he never mentioned going to TNA, but he talked in terms of about WWE that would make you think that's not what he would have wanted to go do, especially because of Edge and um, 
calling Lita all sorts of mean names and all that kind of stuff. Now, he did not talk about going to TNA, though, but pushed the product and noted his friends going there. Hardy wrote that he was both disappointed and relieved for a good friend, Shannon Moore, when Moore was fired from WWE. Uh, he noted Moore had reinvented himself as the Prince of Punk, but was never given a chance. He says, quote, like so many others, he was never given the ball uh, to even have a chance to drop it. He also wrote that TNA has a better grasp on how to use smaller, talented wrestlers. So he didn't say he was going to TNA, but he talked highly about it to try to swerve people into thinking he was going to maybe not actually go back to WWE. However, in a separate note, Matt Hardy is going to be appearing in Woodbridge, Connecticut on July 16th on a uh, show in Ring of Honor and two other Ring of Honor dates. Now, Gabe Sapolsky was one of the first to figure out that Hardy for sure wasn't going to TNA because even though they agreed to Hardy's price in recent weeks, Hardy had refused to confirm any dates past the first three, but kept assuring him no matter what, he would do the three dates. Hmm. That's a pretty big observation. (laughs) Yeah. So there you go. And of course we talked about it and we already know what's happening in blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, pretty uh, pretty interesting stuff. So that's where the Matt Hardy stuff lands. You know, in hindsight, I feel like it's pretty fucking obvious what he's doing. Matt Hardy? That like, yeah, like he signed, he's definitely signed with WWE probably weeks ago. And he's just playing the game now. Yep. Like him doing that message about not going back or whatever. That was a way to not make it predictable or something. But he's already probably already signed. But here's the thing. As soon as he attacked Edge on Raw, it's over. Well, yeah. Because they're not going to. That would never happen. Security levels, whatever. Like they wouldn't even let him in the building, I'm sure. Because they're probably like, this guy's a head case. And it's dangerous. Mm-hmm. So yeah. as soon as he did that, you know he's there. Absolutely. So. Yeah. I think it's pretty interesting. It's kind of been fun to watch it develop. Um, but yeah, I think it's a goner. Um, unfortunately, there's more um, potential sad news about people not coming in. Uh, there's no indication any deal is being made or close to being made with Brian Danielson after the memo that he that went not he but that went to John Laurinaitis to hurry up and sign him before TNA. Now TNA has cooled down on interest for him as Scott Demore saw him on a June 26th indie show in Canada and didn't make any kind of offer. So it seems like that is no longer happening. Um, and speaking for deals that are falling through, see, I just keep bringing the bad news. Yeah. Well, I'm trying. Here's the thing. I'm trying to think. 2005, Brian Danielson. He may have still been pretty bland. Mm. If I, I, I could be wrong, but I know, like 2006, Danielson, he starts getting like edgier and like not okay. so. Yeah, yeah. Just like, not just a wrestler. Yeah, we like edgy. We do. But well, that could play a part in why they decided. Don't worry about it. It just kind of blows my mind that like TNA 
would offer contracts to guys. And this is not necessarily like an insult to these guys, but, you know, shocker, right, that nobody knows about. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, he's had a couple, you know, he had a couple of decent matches or whatever, but offering a contract to him or, like, Mikey Bats. Right. They offered a contract to D-Ray 3000. But then you won't do it for Danielson or, you know, Punk. Although, you know, who knows the interest level there. But, like, those two guys, like, you don't – they did it for Joe – but the other two, like you're not, you're not trying like harder, right? No, yeah, I think it's kind of weird. And at this point, you pretty much have a, I would feel like a very similar audience to Ring of Honor. I would have to, especially being strictly on the internet. I feel like it's yeah. got to be. Like it's got to be pretty close. So, yeah, it's a weird one. I don't know. Um, and we this this note, we kind of talked about it already briefly but it kind of goes a little bit more in depth here so an attempt to get jushin liger on the august 14th i believe that's their next the pay-per-view in august for a match with christopher daniels fell through because new japan has a sumo hall event on the same day now it was also talked about at the time that ultimo dragon was approached for the date but apparently dragon's wwe contract hasn't expired and he's never been released what Uh, as still yeah as it was simply a hiatus that never ended and WWE simply doesn't use him and doesn't care about him working indies or in Japan. Uh, but TNA is considered direct competition. So politically, the deal couldn't be put together. Um, Daniels continues to defend the X Division title on many of his indie dates, including uh, over Chris Sabin on July 9th for PWG in Hollywood, which, Bob, I'm sure you will tell us about at some point here. Um, he also went to a double count. Actually, you might have already told us about that one. I don't know. I'm losing track here. Oh, no, you didn't, because it happened after their last show. Uh, he also went to a double countout with WWE wrestler Frankie Kazarian on July 8th uh, in the same place for a rare TNA versus WWE match that obviously fell underneath the WWE's radar as they are pretty petty or really petty uh, about things like that. So he snuck one in. So Kazarian must be finishing up his indie dates. Yeah, I'm assuming. I would have to believe that's what's going on there. Yeah, it must be. Um, wow. Yeah, that's yeah, that's crazy. I cannot believe that the that Dragon, Ultimate Dragon, is still was, under contract. Is still under contract and was essentially forgotten about, and it was just a hiatus. What if he's still on? What if he's still under contract today? He's still, yeah, still stuck in contract. I kind of like that idea, to be honest that's, with you. That would be incredible. Yeah, I think that's funny. That would have been great if, like, he was still under contract when 205 Live was going on, and they'd be like, we haven't seen him in 18 he, years. He's been signed, but you wouldn't we have for, known it. We forgot about him. I like that idea a lot, actually. Um, okay, Bob, this is our final note here before we get into this. Unless you want a little bit extra. Let's if, see. Let's see how you're feeling. What if in uh what was it, twenty ten when they released Brian Dan like American Dragon Brian Dan- What if like, oh my god, guys, we released the wrong dragon. <laughs> oh my god. We were trying to get rid of Ultimo Dragon. We got rid of the, the This whole time he's been on a hiatus. <laughs> oh my god. Um this this note could potentially happen. Or something could be said on today's show, edited it in. I don't know. I'm sort of not really expecting it. But if it is, here it is in the newsletter. 
at press time, which let me give you the date just so you have reference to where we're at. July 18th Observer Newsletter. Okay. Um, so it is after the show we're watching. So it might not be on the show. It probably will be at No Surrender. Um, I scrolled too far. Hold on. Okay, at press time, this was not official, but it was expected that perhaps before you read this, that the Spike TV deal would be announced. Oh my God. For TNA. As we've for TNA. Now, as we've heard, the deal is TNA buying time, which is, of course, not good. Um, it would be yeah. at 11 p.m. on Saturday nights, starting either October 1st or October 8th. This also explains Spike changing its UFC commercial, which included a comment about wrestling not being real as they showed someone smashing someone's face in a UFC fight that they ran last week several times during the WWE programming. And they put in a new one that doesn't knock wrestling or boxing. It would be a one-hour show. And as best we can tell, they would go back to doing tapings every other Tuesday night and taping two weeks worth of shows, although none of this was official. Yeah, so I don't like that they are paying again. Yeah. I'm curious how accurate that part is, but we'll see. I can't believe I see. Yeah, I don't think I don't think they I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. I don't know. Because Spike TV probably reaches more houses. Than FS1 at this point, I would assume. So. You're probably you're probably paying more. Right. You're paying more for a late night spot than you would in an afternoon spot. Yeah. Yeah, so financially, yeah. this would make no sense, right? To do that, so I don't think that's I don't think that's right. Yeah, I don't know. Well, we will see what happens. I'm curious when we actually have the official announcement. It's exciting. It's uh, a whole new era in a few months, potentially, maybe. Well, at 11, we'll, at 11 p.m. we'll know when the announcement's coming when Mike Tenay is sitting by himself, and he's like, "I am so yeah. excited." <laughs> I have been waiting so long to no his stand in the ring. We're gonna come here live from Universal Studios. Empty arena. On Spike TV in we've, October. We've worked three years for this. Yep. We have to wait three more months to be on the internet, but Right. But we got it. But we did it. It's because of you, the TNA fans. Yeah, right. Yeah. I can I already hear it. And we thing. thank you. So join us on whatever date. At 11 p.m. for Impact Wrestling. But until then, for the next two and a half months, continue to download our show off of the internet. Sorry, someone's going by on a go kart and it's really fucking loud. Okay. Well, yeah. hopefully um, they're wearing a helmet. They were. Oh, good. I did see. See, like you're supposed to do. It's smart. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude. So. That's all. That's all the main stuff here. Um, I got a lot left. Probably too much, but we're gonna. Unless you want some more, you want to hear an Elix Skipper interview? Yeah, you were teasing that too. Okay, Elix Skipper interview, and we can try to save some more. I have another interview too. We'll do, we'll talk about the the uh, outlaw interview during the show, but I also have one one name I'm saving to talk about who's potentially coming in. Um, actually, they're coming in. They confirmed it. We'll talk about it during uh, the episode. So I'm going to hold on to that one. 
who could be coming in. Who could be coming in? Is it's a singles, Russell? It's a singles. Anyways, uh, Elix Sipper did an interview with our friend Alan. Oh, Alan Woj. Yeah, Woj. That's right. Yeah. Um, I always seem to um, enjoy the notes from his interviews, by the way. They seem like not like standard shit, I feel like, all the time. So That's good. Just saying. I seem like, I feel like the notes are usually really good. Um, so, so there's a... And the, the, this is a pretty interesting thing. So regarding the winning the tag belts from AMW... Um, Elix Skipper says, quote, what's so funny about them, about them too, is they love wrestling, yet they argue with each other more than they probably do uh, with their wives or girlfriends. Really? AMW will self-destruct on their own without their opponent's aid. We just let them lose, lose their cool, and we won the belts. So he's talking uh, in character, of course. Yeah, uh, it's good stuff. He did talk pretty openly about the cage walk. Now, this is, I, I really liked his perspective of this so he says quote first off me walking the cage nearly didn't happen i mean everyone was scared that whatever uh happened in there would be dangerous if they had known about the cage walk they would have shot it down i brought it up during our cage match in 2003 they said no way someone could fall on the floor where the pad won't help you or worse you could fall into the fans injuring many people so this time around in the six side six-sided cage when we gave them our ideas and the office asked for ideas, we told no one involved from production on up. <laughs> so they told no one. AMW kept saying it was too risky uh, for all of us, but I knew if Triple X was splitting, I wanted to be remembered for a long time. About an hour uh, before we went to the ring, the other three asked me if I could do it. Was I positive? Uh, I had never done it, but I was confident and I told them, yes, I can do it. I walked away from Daniels, and later he said that uh, he said I had a huge uh, look of confidence, but I had no clue what would happen if I got it or happened when I got there. I hit it, and then afterwards I got yelled at by my wife. She told me I wasn't thinking of my family. My mom called crying, told me I better call as soon as I got the message. <laughs> uh, all of them told me not to do that again until I was rich. <laughs> Uh, and I think, uh, you know, wanted to be remembered for a long time. I would say he, uh, job, job well done because that spot yeah, is still I mean, heavily talked about today. Yeah. And that is still now in the over 20 year existence of impact wrestling is a, is a top like moment. Oh yeah. I mean, e- easily, like, easily. Let's just, yeah, it's nuts. Yeah. Um, so I really, I really liked that interview. I thought that was, uh, that was a good one. Um, and I liked hearing his insight to the whole, um, the whole spot, because obviously we talked to Chris Harris about it, uh, briefly, mm-hmm. uh, check that out in the archives if you guys haven't listened to it, but to hear it from Elix Skipper was pretty cool. So I really, I, I did enjoy that. Um, let's see, do I get anything else? I don't know, man. I think, I think some of this we can, there's some random stuff. But I think the rest we can uh, we can save for the show. We'll see what we can get through. All right. Well, then let's get into the July 15th, 2005 edition of TNA Impact, also known as the Go Home Show before No Surrender 2005. I'm going to count down from three. And when I say play, that's when you're going to want to follow along, whether it's on Impact Plus or in your own personal collection. The runtime for this is 45 minutes and 31 seconds. So, 
Let's see what TNA has to offer right before another pay-per-view. Three, two, one, play. Well, Bob, this is TNA. It's the new face of professional wrestling. We're probably going to get some flashbacks, so I can tell you some fun stuff uh, during this, at least. Oh, there's apparently uh, Jeremy Borash and Bob Ryder are considering creating an online radio show similar to WCW Live. Huh. For TNA. That could be cool. I like the idea that Alvarez shits all over it, but yeah, that's brand new. Well, because that's so. a competition to them. So. We have any other quick ones I can knock out during? We're seeing Jarrett attack Gowan. Oh, this is, I don't think we're going to see him necessarily, so I'll just tell you this. The Outlaw will apparently be starting out at the next pay-per-view or the next taping with a new name. Uh, That's because of that WWE legal claim the Outlaw Outlaw was too close to New Age Outlaw, uh, which is, of course, the name they used for him. Is it like his nickname? So. I think he should just go as Nin. Nin. And uh, Jared's on our screen. I'm just giving you these short ones. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to suffer through the long ones during the show. But, oh, hold on. We're going to the show. Right. At the last tapings, which is we're still watching currently, there's apparently a California camera crew at these tapings filming a TV reality show pilot on Jeff and Jerry Jarrett. Mm-hmm. Uh, which Dave Meltzer says, well, actually, that could make for fascinating TV if they, uh, if they were with those two 24 hours a day. The odds of it going anywhere aren't good. And guess what? It don't. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think, I never heard of anything about that. Starting out with some Team Canada. We got uh, Eric Young, Petey Williams coming out. This this entranceway, Bob, that we got here, it might be uh, mixing up soon. Why is that? They're revamping the entire entrance set to open up more seating in Orlando starting at No Surrender. Oh. I don't know if we are going to see visible differences or what they're actually going to be, but I thought that was really interesting. I think that's smart. Yeah, it's very smart. Who are they going to fight? All right, let's see here. I have a Samoa Joe. Here. Samoa, oh, it's Team Samoa Joe. Yeah, what's happening? This is weird. Wait. Sean Waltman and AJ Styles. They're teaming up tonight. Oh, okay. Uh, PD Williams has a couple of notes here. He lost to Ricky Reyes on July 9th. Uh, PWG's second annual bicentennial birthday extravaganza night one. And then he teamed up with Chris Saban to defeat Joy Ryan and Scott Lost on night two of that for PWG. And then on the same day as his Impact show, Petey Williams lost a six-way dance when Chris Saban defeated Jay Lethal, Mastiff, Roderick Strong, Sean Spears, and Petey Williams in a, at the Ballpark, Ballpark Brawl 4 Friday Night Smash in Buffalo. New York. Buffalo. Yeah, Buffalo. 
It looks like uh, Samoa Joe and Christopher Daniels are teaming up. That is a very weird team, but I feel like that also cements what you said. I mean, it's got to, right? That's got to be what they're doing here. Daniels has a very sad-looking entrance jacket compared to his other ones. Let's see what uh, Samoa Joe's got here. I'm sure he's got something. This guy always has got some bullshit going on. Uh, yeah, so uh, Samoa Joe on July 9th at ROH Escape from New York. He retained the pure title, defeating Austin Aries hmm. in New York City. Surprisingly, just the one note there. And then let's see about Mr. Daniels. It was always a pain because he has a lot of wrestling. And I missed it by one page. Of course I did. Uh, all right. So it looks like on July 8th. Yeah, so you already mentioned last week we talked about the John McChesney cage match, which he lost. Cage yep. too. Uh, so that means on July 8th, he defeated Colt Cabana at Sign of Dishonor, Long Island, New York. July 9th, he retained the Exhibition Championship, defeating Chris Sabin. And then on July 10th, AJ Styles retained the PWG title, defeating Christopher Daniels and James Gibson. And then on July 15th, Christopher Daniels defeated AJ Styles in a best two out of three falls match to win the natural heavyweight title at Ballpark Brawl 4. Wow. Friday night smash. And Daniels busted the nose of Petey Williams here. Working stiff. I got a pretty interesting indie uh, situation coming up for us. As Joe drops a big knee drop. Um, there's this, it's the Gladiator promotion. Mm-hmm. I think it's potentially GCW, like Gladiator Championship Wrestling. Um, they have a show on July 23rd where they have sold 400 tickets so far. They're flying in people such as Jimmy Hart, Jake Roberts, Buff Bagwell, Nydia, all, dude, all sorts of people. Um, now, as things stand right now, the show will air live on pay-per-view in Puerto Rico. Uh, it is planned for a pay-per-view showing in the U.S. and even a DVD release, although no date confirmed yet. Um, it's also being talked about that Mick Foley, Ken Shamrock, and Lex Luger would be there either, also, I should say. So, I mean, you name it. They're trying to bring them in. Now, there's a problem uh, with TNA. Now, since Raven, Shane Douglas, and Jerry Lynn were booked on the show, now, apparently, all signed contracts with GCW which included signing away rights for their matches to air on pay-per-view and DVD. TNA at first told Town that they could do the show, but can't appear on pay-per-view, as TNA owns exclusive pay-per-view rights to its talent. GCW claims all the talent signed contracts would include pay-per-view releases and attempted, with no luck, to get a hold of Dixie Carter to work out a settlement. It wound up on July 11th, with TNA refusing to allow its talents to work on the show. Raven was scheduled to work Douglas, uh, Rhino was to face Ken Shamrock, and Jerry Lynn was to face Brian Christopher. The current lineup is Sting and DDP versus Buff Bagwell and Johnny B. Bad, Andrew Tess Martin versus Steve Carino, Nydia versus Jenny Taylor, Lex Luger versus Fidel Sierra, Road Warrior Animal and Rick Steiner versus Warlord and the Barbarian, with Mick Foley as the referee, and Shamrock versus Rhino. 
uh, Cobra vs. Punisher, Brian Christopher vs. Someone, and several others booked, including Sean O'Hare and Apocalypse, who's a guy from UPW. Uh, Lynn and Raven vs. Douglas, and an uh, announcing crew of Lee Marshall, Jimmy Hart, Bill Abner, and Terry Reynolds. There's no way that show happens. It's fucking wild. That's crazy. <laughs> I, uh, and of course, we're talking all about that because uh, well, TNA owns their pay-per-view rights for these guys, and they... Right. Signed the contracts, probably not knowing what they were signing, to be honest. Thinking it's just for their money or whatever. Pretty interesting. Team yeah. Canada's got control in this match that we're watching here, though, now. Are we just going to assume that Petey Williams will pin Daniels in this match? Yeah, I think that's probably a pretty good guess. And is Joe going to stay his partner the whole time? Or could this be the official like, start of that? Right. I don't know. When you put two heels that are singles guys in a tag team, I kind of just expect that to happen. Yeah. Though Joe does make the save on the cover, though. I, I know, as I was saying that. Eric Young choking Daniels on the top rope. Daniels is not used to being beaten up, according to Don West. <laughs> Daniels tries to fight back with the elbow and he gets cut off. Dude, the Canadian's cornering Daniels. He, I mean, he's screwed. Oh. Leg sweep clothesline combo there by Daniels. Can he make the tag to Joe? Is Joe going to take it? Is he going to short arm him like Sid Justice did on Saturday night's main event? No. Nope. To Hulk Hogan? No, Joe got the tag. Comes in some chops. Irish whip to Eric Young, but it's countered. Joe into the corner. Eric Young goes for a splash. Oh, he fucking destroyed him. And there's a power slam. Oh, armbar. Cross armbreaker. Young breaks it up. Though. That's why they call him the Samoan submission machine. Because he can put a cross armbreaker in. And he tosses Eric Young to the floor. You know, they are wearing matching tights. Whoa. Daniels and Joe. Matching colors. And they're even like, I mean, Daniels isn't full half, but it's kind of, right. oh, Saban. Saban going oh. after Joe. Here's how we're going to see the loss, though, because yeah, his partner's gone. That yeah. works. Love Saban's funny white pants. A little flatliner. And Koji Clutch to Petey Williams. Hey. Oh. Elbow drop will do it. Yep, Eric Young broke that one up for him. Uh-oh. Setting him up for the destroyer. Oh, that's it. One, two, three. So that's just kind of your booking one hundred and one there. Because now, which is fine. We, uh, you think he's gonna potentially win it? No surrender. He did pin yeah. him. Yeah. 
I think he might. I don't think Petey Williams is winning that. I don't think so. Well, me either, but, you know, that's what they want us to think. Let's send it to the back with Terry Taylor. If he were to have lost, I would have a greater idea. I think he's going to win. Look at Cassidy Riley wearing this sick-ass tie-dye TNA shirt. He had to have made that himself. There's no way they made that shirt. Cassidy's thanking Raven for coming out there last week. Terry Taylor's like, you're thinking Raven? You don't know him the way I do. <laughs> the same guy who broke your fingers, he says. He didn't do that to me. He did it for me. Are we about to see Riley join forces with Raven right now? He's thanks, Raven. He'll be there for him if he ever needs his help. What just happened? So Cassie O'Reilly could be his like new lackey or something. Yeah, dude. Hmm. Oh, dude, we're seeing asylum footage with Jim Mitchell and uh, Raven. Let's see what other uh, notes I got for you during this um, little uh, video. This is like a, I mean, this isn't a big one, but um, Michael Vetter, hopefully I'm saying his name right, has been added to the production staff working with Keith, Keith uh, Mitchell uh, and replacing Mike Miller. Uh, Vetter has directed sporting events for many stations as well as did producing and directing for ECW pay-per-view shows. There had been a decent amount of talk of late, most notably by Conan, who made it clear to upper management regarding the laziness and production side. Uh, Vetter is to is said to have more mainstream knowledge and connections than Keith Mitchell, but Mitchell has far more knowledge of wrestling uh, since he dates back to the early '80s and world class uh, championship wrestling, of course. So, mm. but uh, it's good. To, I I only bring stupid notes like that up because he obviously has done wrestling before, so I think it's kind of interesting. Right. Uh, we still got this uh, package going on. I kind of thought it'd be done. Okay, you were seeing the from last week where Abyss was choking the shit out of Raven. It took about seven to eight security guys to break up Abyss's hold on that. This looks new. I thought he was wearing a Three Life Crew shirt for a second. Wait, why are we seeing this again? Because last- it's Jeff Jarrett. Last week on Impact. Because you know what? The main event is Raven and Abyss, but we have to somehow put the focus on Jeff Jarrett as well. Man. It's dirty. Oh, what's this? Simon Diamond. And that's Triton. Yes, which I need to apologize because I said the last one was his last appearance. Yeah, so you fucking lied. I lied. Because guess what? This one is... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> my bad <laughs> Simon Diamond and Triton I'd say that's like a spoiler for the match but honestly I don't think it is because they yeah, could still win and yeah. they, they could still win and he could still be gone right 
I better triple check though. I'm pretty sure this one is actually, and I think I knew that and I fucked it up. Simon no longer has a problem because Triton is everyone else's problem or something like that. Triton's like not even trying on his pose. He just like shrugged his shoulders very casually. They're going up against Sonny Siaki and Apollo. And um, Apollo and Siaki, if you were to cut off their heads, you probably couldn't tell apart their bodies because they are identical. Oh, I know why I thought the other one was the last match. Because it sorts it like wrong on the on the match listing. Mm. It shows Impact 54 before Impact 56 that we're watching now because they were taped on the same day. Right. My bad. So I was wrong for a good thank you cage match for really fucking me up. Yeah. So much for being a great source. <laughs> I know. He ends up going to uh, OVW after this, though. Yes, he does. We're going to scroll here. Be there live from No Surrender Universal Studios, Stage 21, Orlando, Florida. And they're just doing the matches that are announced. I like that his name in OVW is Titus. Why? Because it's close to Triton? Yeah, which wasn't that good of a name to begin with. Right. I kind of miss Red Shirt Security. <laughs> I like Northcut. Northcut was good, dude. Yeah, so why did they use the one the guy that's not as good? That's a good question. What did, I'm not, I need to find North. What did Northcut do after this? Oh, he was also Titus in dark matches in TNA. I forgot that. Hmm. Okay, Northcut. Matches. Oh, he didn't wrestle that much after TNA at all. Kevin Northcutt's final match was on August 1st, 2009, in an NWA Texas heavyweight title best two out of three falls match where he, as champion, defeated Spoiler 2000. Well, and that's just what cage match has, though. So Right. His career could have gone on another 25 years. It could have. He also um, lost to Heidenreich at ICW in 2007. That's a good loss. Heidenreich is a tough. Uh, he lost. Uh, he lost the six pack at, at Ring of Glory, the Great Commission. Another tough one. Bob's gonna be sad when I ask that we can cover Ring of Glory as a bonus episode. That's not gonna happen. I want to watch the Jesus promotion. That's not gonna happen. I don't oh even know God. if I can find how to watch that. Huge big boot. Uh, taking off Sonny Siaki's head. But don't worry, Apollo breaks up the count. Well, they don't wrestle. That doesn't have too much, does it, uh, the Ring of Glory? How many events do they have? Two. Yeah, I don't know how you would watch those. Uh, I got something for you to do on your week off from your car accident. Yeah, hey, I could probably message Russo. Like, hey, Vince, is there a way to... Let's try to watch Ring of Glory. We'd really like to cover it for a bonus episode on our podcast. You'll probably think I'm fucking with him, and he'll block me or some shit. You're right. Yeah, he definitely will. Um, 
I told you that now. Okay, let me give you some notes here during this match. This is a very random match, by the way. Yeah. Oh, swing neckbreaker by Siaki. Uh, Jerry Jarrett helped book some TNA guys on a tour called the World Series of Wrestling with dates on October 5th in Melbourne, Australia, October 7th in Sydney, October 8th in Newcastle. Announced for the tour is Mick Foley, Matt Hardy, Jeff Jarrett, Andrew Martin, Gail Kim, James Gibson, Nydia, Rhino, um, I don't even know how to say that name. Nathan Jones, AJ Styles, and Christopher Daniels. Okay, so is like Rhino coming to TNA too, or something? Because like there's a whole you're mentioning him quite a bit. I am mentioning Rhino quite a bit, and since you really gotta know, Rhino has revealed this past week on the Get in the Ring radio show that he will be starting on TNA at the No Surrender pay per view. Okay, so he spoiled his own debut. Yes. Uh, TNA was actually hoping that one would be uh, a surprise because the company at first was going to release it themselves uh, when they made the deal. But the booking committee, uh, at, when the booking committee asked him to keep it quiet, oh my God, Triton got the pin. Triton just pinned him after an F5. Pinned Apollo. Wow. And they're, looking, not they're, looking the at, they're not looking at the camera. Turn around. Simon, Simon just realized. Well, I think Slick told him to turn around. Look at the guy in the back. Okay, so that's your last Triton appearance. You know what? But he left on a win. That's right. And that is important. So we got his crew's coming out. But let me finish this Rhino note as they're making their entrance here. Um, the thought process was that any announcement of Rhino wasn't going to sell any pay-per-view buys, but it'll make the show better. Uh, it's not like, for example, if they had Sting coming in for that matter, or if they still had Matt Hardy, whose debut could have been advertised and mean something. And to keep it quiet, because uh, they are marks for the pop, and then hurt business for the show in the process. Now, for whatever it's worth, this may have been pl- uh, been playing the work end of this to the extremes, even as late as Monday. Oh, this, sorry, I'm going into the Matt Hardy stuff. So now it goes into the Ring of Honor note, but it was also in a separate section. The feeling in TNA, though, was that Hardy wasn't coming ever since June 13th because he wouldn't confirm any dates. So that part's new. So I probably agree. Oh, what's this? Monty Brown and Outlaw are attacking before the bell. Okay. Um, Yeah, Rhino being announced probably isn't going to sell pay-per-views, but I don't think Matt Hardy would either. They're saying it's because Matt Hardy's a bigger name. Yeah, but is he? That's what I mean. I don't know. I don't know. If... Then who's watching? Yeah, and then people are going to be like, of course he is. But here's the thing. When Matt Hardy left, he was a mid-card guy losing to Kane and looking like a little punk. Right. And before that, he was like a cruiserweight guy. Rhino had been a mid-card guy. Teaming with like Tajiri and stuff. I thought this was going to oh. be a no surrender match. That by the way, that we're watching right now. That's what I thought too. That's there was a bell. Yeah, this is definitely a match. Oh, they're oh. calling it. They're calling now it. It's not. And now it is going to be. Now it's a no surrender. Um. Well, I didn't know we were going to see the outlaw today, but his interview he did on Voices of Voice of Wrestling dot com. He said that in TNA, things were great because there was no egos flying around. He also talks a lot of shit, but it's not about TNA. It's all about WWE, guys, so I'm just going to ignore all of it right now. Um, 
Uh, he reiterated that Tina was great because there's no egos. Uh, he said he was worried uh, when they got TV that that would all change. Uh, he asked. He was asked the difference between Jeff Jarrett and Hunter. He says the only difference is that you can go to Jeff and voice your opinion and that he doesn't, on the other hand, turn around and absolutely kibosh it or go tell everybody else what a piece of shit that they are, uh, how bad it is, or anything like that. He was appalled initially that Dixie Carter had no idea who he was, saying, quote, <laughs> it was like, holy shit, you're running a wrestling company and you don't know who I am. And it's not an ego thing, but it's like, you own a wrestling company and you don't know who I am. <laughs> I love that quote. <laughs> I think that's funny that Dixie Carter did not know who he was. No introduction needed. I seriously thought that was Rey Mysterio again, and it's Shocker. 1,000%. You see that? I hate this outfit. I keep on getting tricked. I keep thinking it's Rey Mysterio circa 2000. Filthy animals, and it's not. He also apparently, I said I didn't read this, I didn't notice this part before. He was asked uh, if he could make any match for himself to partake in, choose any stipulation, any match type, and any competitor... Uh, who would it be and why? And he says, quote, me and Road Dog in a dumpster match against Hardcore Holly and AJ Styles. Oh, what? That's a random. <laughs> that's a really random match. If he could have any match that he could be in, a dumpster match between Hardcore Holly <laughs> and AJ, and AJ Styles. Styles. What the fuck? I wonder if, like, if we interviewed him and we asked him that same question, if he'd have the same. <laughs> oh my god! And then you know what? In three weeks on Collision, Tony Khan would come out and be like, "We have a dumpster match: Billy Dump- Gunn, <laughs> BG James. That's right. He's all elite now. Uh, taking on Hardcore Holly and AJ Styles. By the way, they're signed too." <laughs> Oh my god, it's so funny. Head scissors by Dutt here against Shocker. Another one. We're going to hear from James Mitchell soon. Yeah, it was. Oh man, Dutt tried for a slingshot crossbody, but got met with a forearm. We were raving all the time. We hear all these guys. But we never hear what Abyss has to say. But we're not hearing it directly from Abyss. They're making sure we know that. Right, because he has not talked yet. He does not talk. Right. Thank God. He just got, he just does. <laughs> yes, yes. DDT by Shocker. That should do it. If this was 1986, one, two, it's, come on. Gosh dang it. Can't keep Sanjay Dutt down. They just said our main event, and I kind of missed it. Something about Team Canada. Sean Waltman and AJ Styles. Oh, Sean Waltman. Duh, we already knew that part. Yeah. Now they're asking if they can work together. Haven't they teamed on Impact already? And I know it's after Slammiversary when Waltman turned on. Right, so I think they have before. Yeah. Crossbody by Dutt. Two. Yeah. This whole match kind of feels like in slow motion. It really does. Oh. One, 
to. Shocker gets out of the sunset flip there. The superstar luchador from Mexico City. Come on, baby. Tornado? No. No. Drop kick to the side of the head. Size, power, and weight advantage. Yeah. Power bomb. Shocker going to the middle rope. Elbow drop right to the midsection. That should do it. One. A very okay elbow drop. If it was 1991, it would have been a three count. Ain't that the truth? But he also probably would have had to come off the top. And he would have to raise his arms. Taunt, yeah. Taunt, yeah. And Irish Whip ducks the clothesline, comes back, and off the back, and he comes back, clothesline Shocker. No, Shocker counters. And, uh, oh, oh, oh. Oh, that's the pin thing. What's he call that? The Shockwave. Know, the pretzel. Shocker actually, wins. He yeah, didn't even break it. a sweat. Yeah, what the heck? I thought Shocker would be out of here when Dusty left. I'm looking right now. Sorry, I'm still stuck on the Ring of Glory page. Give me a second. Yeah, shocking. Here we go. Backstage with Mitchell and Abyss. Bob, we see Shocker way longer than I thought. No way. Oh, yeah, dude. To, To the end of the year? We dip into next year. Get the fuck out of here. This guy's. It's only a couple appearances. It's only a couple appearances, but. Holy shit. Not know that. He's calling a Raven a fool because he's going to be chained to the neck of a six foot eight, 350 pound monster. You can't give up. You can't submit. He's gonna drip. He's gonna do the Eric Watts to him, dude. Yeah, tie tie it to his neck and drag him with a car. You can leave him crippled and broken. You cannot surrender, no matter how loud you cry. Remember, you did it to yourself. You can only be pinned. Until there's order in the court, he'll keep pounding on him. Okay, highlight package time, which means Bob, you get some more notes time. Um, yep. Uh, Noah officials have said that TNA can use uh, Kobayashi as long as he's in between tours. Now, this is pretty big news. Now, there's a hold up though. Um, and it's political because TNA is aligning itself in New Japan, and that alliance may prevent the booking. Uh, the idea of using Kenta, uh, uh, Marfuji, or Kobayashi when they come to the U.S. on their first tour is impossible to, impossible due to scheduling. Now, TNA's pay-per-view is on September 11th, which is the same day as NOAA ending its tour with a major show. Uh, however, 
since oh it's Cherry Lynn's talking that just threw me off. However, since the three have gotten working papers, uh, which is normally a holdup uh, working in the U.S., there would uh, be plenty of opportunities in the future where TNA has something while Noah is uh, while Noah is down to put something together through Harley Race. So there's some positive positives in there. So Jerilyn's talking about he's very excited to be in the ring with AJ Styles, who he has recent history with, and he's been almost a decade since he's been in the ring with Sean Wallman. So he said, he said about twelve years. I wonder if that's true. They didn't have, they didn't lock up in WWF at all. That's what I was wondering. And there's no surrender poster in the background there too. Um, kind of bouncing off of the uh, Japan stuff though. New Japan wants TNA to do this G1 Climax tournament and to trade talent. Now, this is similar to what we talked about last week, I think, unless they're talking about the real G1 Climax tournament. Right. Um, now, Noah is not interested in using any TNA talent, but would be willing to allow its talent that has the work of each just to work the shows, like we just discussed. Mm-hmm. So there's a this is positive news on both fronts um, to ha- have a talent swap. We will see what happens. A1 and Bobby Roode out here for representing Team Canada. Okay. Oh, that's Sean Walton music. Yeah, 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 yeah. Suck it. I like how he's Sean Waltman now, and sometimes he's six pack, sometimes he's six. His his outfit is Pac. Suck it, suck it, suck it. You know what? You can do that because they're on the internet. True. I know. Freaking um, Billy Gunn just said "suck it" on Collision or something, and like he, he usually doesn't actually say it. He does the microphone thing, and mm-hmm. I so like, I was like, "Oh my!" <laughs> he said it again. You know what I thought was cool? Um, I don't know if it was this week or last. I think it was last week. Um, the fans chanted for Anthony Bowens that he's gay. Or Bowens. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because the, cool. the girl was, like, pretending to hit on him. Yeah. He's like, uh, you know I'm gay. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was I think that was two weeks ago. Yeah, that's what I figured. Yeah, catch up, man. Tonight. Dude, you watch your Rampage stuff? I think the only episode of Rampage I watched was when Punk first came back. <laughs> That's crazy. I'm pretty sure. I know. I'm actually behind on Impact shows, too. They went. They did this Australian tour. So they last week they had Impact Thursday, Australian show day one Friday, Australian show day two on Saturday, and they're both like two and a half hour long shows. Oh, brother. So I'm like wicked behind. And then there's just Impact one recording yesterday. So like... In Slammer Roosters next week, I have to catch up. Well, what are you waiting for? I was watching some uh, when I was doing our notes for this show this morning, actually. Yeah. Which was nice, because my friends left very late last night, so I didn't have to rush to do them at night. I also think it's funny that you kind of, like, actually hate current-day TNA, but you can't quit it. It's not my favorite. 
some of it's like really good and like some of it's really not. But the thing is like they have a really good roster. I think that's kind of what keeps me going. Right. It's not like it's like a shitty roster. Like everyone is like pretty solid. And somehow they magically still get people to come in. I mean, Nick Aldis is there now. Trinity uh, Fatu is there. Like, I don't know how they keep getting people to come in, but like their shows aren't the strongest. Yeah. Yeah. And then you got people like Shelly Saban, who are still heavily featured as AJ Styles takes out both Bobby Roode and A1 with a crossbody to the floor. I'm shocked A1 is in this match. I know. Wow. 10 A's. Sean Wallman is uh, cheering for AJ, he says. Well, why is the holdup here that Waltman turned on AJ in a match where it was every man for themselves? Maybe he promised that he wouldn't have done that, and then he did it. Yeah, but it's wrestling. Well, even Mike Tanay's saying it's all about business between these two, so they know they have to get along. He's not going to let AJ win the world title. You know. Give me a break. Uh, Bob, I have one more note here that I want to get out of the way. It's a final note of the show, and I think it might end on a bad note for you. Great. I'm really sorry. Starting on July 19th, TV taping. So after No Surrender, right. the tapings, of course, will be on the Internet, and they will be built around a Super X Cup tournament. Uh, and Dave Meltzer says, but no doubt the winner will be facing Christopher Daniels on September 18th, uh, which is two pay-per-views from now uh it will come down to the final two at the tapings of the match matches airing on every show the finals will be on the uh august 14th pay-per-view and then the winner of the finals will then go to the september pay-per-view okay okay so it's broken up a little um but they're going to be heavily featured x division tournament but i guess it's not a two-hour tournament so if samoa joe is in that there you go. He's probably going to win that, and then he'll fight Daniels in September. Yep. Okay. That's what it sounds like. That's what it sounds like to me. I don't know. I'm actually, I think, before, I think when we soured on um, exhibition tournaments, it was because they were one-night tournaments, and sometimes there were people we didn't care about, and, like, the the teams of the countries was pretty bad. But I feel like we're in a good place now with a lot of really great X Division talent. So I'm actually almost a little excited about it to see what they can pull off. Well, I just hope it's not every match. No, I don't think it's going to be. I don't think it's going to be. Yeah, I mean, as long as it's not like that. We are 38 minutes and 47 seconds, by the way. Sorry, I cut you off. A1 taking over AJ Styles here. Oh, look at this. Oh, my God, he's choking. He's on the Canadian side. Rude coming over and choking him on the bottom rope. Look at the hair. Look at his hair. (laughs) Yeah, when you shake your hair like that, it's extra force. (laughs) A1 going for the cover. Styles kicks out pretty freaking quick. Devastating neck vice.
Come on, AJ. Oh, see, he's choking him again. He's got to move his head. He's choking out AJ Styles here. Could he get a submission? Could he make the phenomenal one tap out? Just make him go unconscious. Win it that way. AJ Styles. The crowd chants. Oh, a running elbow stops him in his tracks. Covers him. One, two, no. Here comes A1. Whose white tights aren't really white anymore. So I don't know if he's not doing his laundry mm. or what, but. Could be the mat, could be the sweat. Everyone's tanner. Is rubbing or is he wearing it. is he wearing black underwear? Oh, it could be. Oh, well, the but front's the, pretty the bright, though. The front is really bright, He's yeah. sitting on dirt, is what's happening. Guy with a Pele. Tag in Waltman, because the ex-WWE star needs to have the win. Come on, what are we doing? My God. Come on. Tag him. Tag him. There, there it is. Go. Waltman's got the tag. Duck spin oh, kick to the road. So nice. Irish whip. Duck goes on. Spin Ooh. kick. Right to the face. Dax A1. I love a good spin kick, dude. He does have a good one. Rude hammer away. Punch, punch, punch. Now, big boot by Wallman. Running start. Oh. Rob kicks A1 after being lifted up by Rude. Gets the boot. Waltman comes back. Oh, he gets caught in a power slam, though. Goes for the cover. Rude. Oh, he gets broken up by AJ Styles. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Look at this team just working together. Could they be future tag team champions? Mm-hmm. Possibly. They probably will. Tina loves to do that shit. Oh, oh as soon as I say it, Waltman spin kicks. Oh, the Canadian Lariat. No, the Northern way. Northern Lariat. Oh, oh shit. Holy shit. Bobby Roode just pinned Waltman after a Lariat from behind. Yeah, the Northern Lariat. Now yeah, we know Demore's booking. Because Team Canada gives winning. <laughs> holy shit. Oh, yeah, that was good. Wow. These guys are pissed. They're about to start push shoving each other here. Yeah. Look at Styles. He cannot believe what happened. He has no idea where he is. He's going to stand up and he's going to be like, what the hell is that, man? What the hell? You purposely did that even though I saw the guy move. Look yeah. at Waltman's trying to leave it and Styles says, nope. What the hell's wrong with you? Why the fuck did you spin kick me in my head, you motherfucker? I hate you. And Waltman is just staring at him like, dude, it was an accident. They're hyping this match up like it's the main event. Oh, maybe it is. No, it's not. Jerry, is Jerry Lynn going to come running down? Yeah, absolutely, he is. He has to. He's part of the match. That's a referee. 
The second pull apart in the same taping. Oh. oh, Waltman just decked Styles from behind. You know, I don't blame him. He got in his face and everything. He was being rude. Now AJ's pummeling him. There he is. There's Jerry. Oh, and we're ending with a Raven promo? Backstage. He, talking about Jim Mitchell give himself an enema. He's asking Abyss to commit suicide by entering this contest. Tell him to lay in a bathtub and throw a toaster in after him. You hurt me, you brutalized me. But he enjoys pain. It's got him excited. I'm going to beat you and batter you and bloody you. You can't quit. It's a dog collar match. A chain at least 8 to 10 feet. The match only ends when I decide to pin you. You cannot quit. So it is written. So it shall come to pass. Quote the Raven. Nevermore. All right. Well, that wraps up the uh, Go Home Show. I thought that was a pretty good Go Home Show. Yeah, I don't think it was bad. I think at first I was I was feeling like I, I wasn't loving it. But I think it, especially the end few minutes there with that match and that Raven promo and stuff, I think it really uh, wrapped up very nicely. Well, I like the unpredictable booking here. I didn't think that... Um, What's his face? Rude. No. Penny, Penny Waltman? Is that what you're talking about? No, Triton. Oh, Triton, Triton Diamond. But yeah, also Rude getting a, a clean win over Waltman. That was unexpected in the tag match. Yeah. I mean, so there's been, there's some good stuff there, man. Yeah. So, I mean, the Petey thing with Daniels, that was predictable. But, I mean, that was... I thought that was a solid overall show going into your pay-per-view. Yeah, I mean, it definitely, I'm excited about No Surrender, uh, which is, I feel like a show that I really didn't know much a lot much about before going into this. So I think that makes me even more excited. What's going to happen? Two days, Bob. It's not a week away. It's two days. Yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to the Joe Saban match. I think that's gonna be really good. Mm-hmm. And then I'm the I think the dog collar match. I am in the mood for some violence that is not directed at me. I think I think we're due for some that's not directed at you. Yeah. So that is what I'm I'm looking forward to the most. That show. I think AJ and Wallman can be pretty good as well. So I think this, and then of course Daniels and PD too. I think that uh, no surrenders card is is pretty. Pretty good for uh, potential in-ring um, contests being enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd say so. I think we're uh, I think we're being for a treat and no surrender. I'm definitely looking forward to it. 
And I, I, I said it already. I'm, I'm kind of excited to see what this uh, X tournament's going to be, kind of leading up to our next pay per view. That's going right. to carry over and kind of help that X division storyline, really over the next two months, uh, develop. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, should be interesting. Uh, all right. Well, our next episode is in fact no surrender. So it's that time to wrap up this one. And we'll see you in just a couple of days for a TNA pay-per-view. So until then, for Dallas Greeley, I am Bob Kelly Jr., and this has been the TNA Crosses the Line podcast.